What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast. This show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events. Every Tuesday, I host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry, where we'll learn from their stories, knowledge, and experiences. So go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm glad to bring back the best guests of the past of the show and bring them here back and, and see how they've grown, how they've changed, what has what what's new. Uh, and I'm excited, super excited to introduce today a very, very good friend, one of the first, first guests of the Halftime Snacks. He is a marketing communications expert. He is also the co-founder, managing partner of Fantastic which is a platform that is using different technologies that are enabling teams to connect and engage deeply with uh, their fans, even though there's distance, even though there's complications, even though there's war, they are here to bring some engagement. Um, and the, pa the platform has already joined forces with teams like Real Madrid, Dortmund and Arsenal, which is super exciting. So without further ado, la ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce My good friend, Steve Madincia. Steve, welcome back to the Halftime Snacks. How are you, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Ronan, and really good to see you again and to see you and the podcast and everything growing so much since we first connected. So congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate you, Steve. I mean, it's it's crazy how time flies. I can't I can't believe it's almost two years since we last spoke. And I'm sure that, I mean... First of all, you guys go and check out that episode because it's an epic one. We talk a lot about digital collectibles, about how it was starting. So it was it's an interesting way of seeing how things have changed since then. Um, so I do recommend you guys to check it out, uh, Steve. But it's so great to have you here because we're going to be able to see, you know, and listen firsthand uh, from you of what has changed in the industry, what has changed with you, what's new with Fantastic. Um, But right before we, we, we get into that, uh, now there's this new model on the Halftime Snacks that I, I kick it off with a fun icebreaker. And the fun icebreaker that I have for you, Steve, is that I want to know um, now that we're, you know, going starting to go back to games and things are reopening. What is the, the snack, your favorite snack of choice when you were, were going to be attending a, a game, a football match or whatever it is, the sport that you're going to be attending? What is the snack that you want to have uh, during the game? Great question, because on Super Bowl Sunday, I actually be, I, I happen to be flying over the stadium about three hours before kickoff. And I can't tell you why, but I was craving a hot dog in the, inside that stadium more than anything else. And I was never a big hot dog fan, but that came to mind. So maybe that's something I missed. You know? <laughs> that's great. You can have that hot dog during the game and then some halftime snacks some conversations, some good content during the halftime. Uh, <laughs> Steve, uh, let's kick it off with, with you know, some, some questions that are going to bring more information to the fans about Fantastic. Um, sure. I want to know, I want, we were talking about how you guys have changed in terms of like the blockchain and everything. Uh, but, but how about you just give us an overview of the things that have been different so far, uh, if you're comparing yourself and, and the company from th three years ago to now? Yeah, so, so the biggest change is three years ago, nobody, when we started, in, in actually is today, that is our anniversary of when we first launched Arsenal Men's and Women's in 2019. 
right? So what an incredible feat by the entire team at Fantastic. So congratulations to all of them. But back then, no one knew what NFTs were. In fact, most people call them digital. They didn't even reach the NFT status or anything like that. So that's kind of interesting. And, and I think this whole transformation to be in a sector that first and foremost, nobody knows what it is. And now everybody knows what it is, but they're kind of confused by it. And everybody's talking about it and everybody wants to know more about it and get involved with it and think they can do it. And, you know, there's all kinds of different things. So I've never in my professional career been involved in something so exciting, moving so quickly on a daily basis as NFTs. It's incredible and fun at the same time and scary as well. <laughs> yeah, first of all, congratulations. I mean, you guys really have come a long way and I've seen that growth and I've seen you, you know, engage more with it and be more become more of an active voice on on the topic because everyone now is looking to uh to understand more about it and 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 engage with probably the best projects or the best platforms, uh the ones that provide the most most utility. Um I know you mentioned uh, super quickly before we chatted that you guys switched from a uh, private used uh, blockchain to the flow. Oh, yeah. So I find that super yep. interesting. I want you to talk really quickly about why you did it and what are some of the benefits that you were looking for uh, when you switched. Yeah, good, good question. So you can imagine over the three years, all we've been focused on is what can bring fans better enjoyment, better engagement. And the, the headlines that you saw you know, coming out and blowing up the, the NFT market were all headlines driven by the secondary market. So Rob Gronkowski comes out with something. Patrick Mahomes comes out with something. They, they make a lot of money. Congratulations, you know, no problem. NBA Top Shop sells almost a billion dollars peer-to-peer on their secondary market. So we were doing exceedingly well in the primary market for our partners and our sponsors, but our fans on our Discord channel, who we continually talk with, continually engage with, were like, when will you have a secondary market? So we went around and that was our weakness. That was our kryptonite. Okay. So, you know, full hands up in the air and stuff like that. So we went around and we looked at the different options that we could go on, you know, different blockchain platforms and stuff like that. And we, you know, you couldn't resist looking at flow, not just because of them being, you know, whatever, all the success they've had with NBA Top Shot, but also a big important thing for us was the sustainability factor. I mean, their, their green factor that they built into flow is incredibly, incredibly low. And we felt those two things were really, really important. The problem is everybody's trying to rush onto flow and it's a big tech exercise. I mean, if, even if you look at NBA Top Shop right now, still got that little label up there that says beta, right? We've got some very sophisticated tech stack that a lot of people underestimate how easy it is to come into this game and to play this game when you do NFTs at scale. So. An interesting side note, I made one of the co-founders of Flow and uh, Dapper Labs a side bet that we would be the first ones on in 2022, that my tech team get it on and make it happen. And he said, Steve, it's really a lot of work. You know, don't underestimate switching over. You guys have over 2 million NFTs that you're going to have to switch over. He said, that's going to be, you know, time consuming and stuff like that. Well, God bless my tech team. You know, five minutes past midnight on January 1st, we were the first ones on Flow. So I won that bet with the Dapper co-founder. I'm very proud of that. And as soon as he pays off on that, that's going to be something that's going to hang in my home office here for a long time. Yeah, that's 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 great. Congratulations on that, uh, Steve. And I've I've written about this before. There are different benefits and uh, pros and cons from different blockchains. There's the Ethereum blockchain. There's Flow. There's different others that provide 
uh, different benefits in terms of scalability, right? In terms of how easy it is to onboard new and different uh, users, how easy it is to create transactions, right? There's this thing around uh, Ethereum that there's the, there's the gas fees that uh, they charge each each transaction, and that it now is actually becoming really expensive. I mean, they're switching from L2 um, uh, to to like the new the new update that's supposed supposedly gonna make that cheaper right but but there's like all these different things that provide scalability advantages and other types of like cost reduction and uh, as you mentioned the the whole ecological side of it is also super important and i mean you mentioned super quickly discord which is uh something that has also exploded in popularity at least yeah, in the last yeah. year uh and that is yeah. that is where uh most of like nft projects collections and stuff have found a way to create community and engagement with the people and the users that um that engage with the, their their nfts their collections and etc etc so i wonder what are some of the lessons i mean you mentioned discord super quickly but the, what are the le some of the lessons of building a community being engaged with them uh sharing your thoughts listening to what they want what 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 have you learned that you probably didn't know about this two or three years ago that you were just starting what what has been some of the things that you've seen or understood that uh that can can share with us around community and engagement a really really good points and, and discord's obviously the most prominent one at the moment right there's others that are trying to come along and doing a good job but discord is the de facto fault for any platform right now The key is, is to continually talk to your community and listen to your community. And what you have to respect is that a lot of people play the Discord game. They'll jump into one Discord community here and then jump into another. If you build the right community, I mean, like right now, we have a number of different people in our community that do their own promotions. So they give away one of their cherished or prized NFTs for people within the community doing something nice. Or you'll go on our Discord channel and you'll find somebody will come in with a question and one of our community members answer it to say, hey, here's the simplest way to do that. Or, hey, let's do that. I mean, what a strength, you know? What I'm very, very proud of is anytime I see anywhere else, whether that's on Twitter or within our community or somebody else's community, when somebody mentions our community, they always mention about how accommodating and how welcoming our community is. And if we can keep it that way, as we continue to move forward and continue to grow, That's going to be a very, very big strength of ours. And, and, we, and we have to do that. But the lesson we learned, and this was more painful for me than probably my partner, Simon, right? I'm used to making a business plan and running it through shareholders and making them understand it, deliver it from there. Simon's like, no, we have to share this with the community. We have to share our roadmap. And I'm like, what? You know, they'll see it when it comes and stuff like that. No, no, we have to share with them, make sure they're okay with it. And I'm like, make sure they're okay with it. They don't have an investment. And he's like, They do have an investment. Okay, maybe it's not as much as other people and stuff, but they've got investment in time and resources. And so maybe two, two-ish years ago, two and a half, that's when my mindset changed to say, let's talk to these people more frequently. And if they are incorrect, like when Steve Jobs asked his community what you would want on an iPhone, and they would say bigger buttons, right? Well, he didn't want buttons at all. He wanted the glass there, you know? So you have to make the brave calls sometimes like that. But you have to talk to them to understand what they're thinking and why they're thinking. And if they're wrong, you got to put them right in a polite way. That, that's funny one. The, the one from Steve Jobs I didn't know. Uh, the one I knew was if you if Ford would have Henry Ford would have asked his uh, his 
his customers what, what would they want they would say that faster horse exactly. right so exactly it's, it's about having a balance <laughs> having a balance between listening to your customers and sharing what's important with them but it's also about like trying to come up with what what are some of the different things that they don't know they need but they they could benefit or have utility from that right you're 100% correct and so that listening part is very very vital very important continuous listening but they don't every single data point you have but what they do have is they might belong to five or six you know discord communities so they can say hey ballers is doing this or top shops doing that or nfl all day is doing this and when they bring those concepts in maybe you saw them or maybe you didn't see them but they can give you the feedback to say it actually didn't work don't try this or do this because this worked or change it this way so they're very valuable offer that advice to you yeah there's this one famous quote that reminds me and that said i think it's i think it's warren buffett who said it who said that it takes uh it takes 20 years to build a reputation and only 20 minutes to ruin it yeah. right so you you gotta you gotta work on that reputation you gotta work on listening to the, to the customers listening on what they want how they engage with each other and i mean it, it seems like you guys have you know figured out the different types of ways uh or waves that um people are interested in right one one key element that i think uh is is important for nfts and for people out listening out there that don't really understand it is that it's mostly like trends it it it, it is like I i'm not gonna say it's like seasonal but it's like a social trend so i wonder what are your thoughts on like that on like on like how yeah. different projects or collections uh get trendy by specific uh characteristics or how exactly does a product or a, or a project or uh or a platform such as fantastic how does it get the popularity that it needs or how does it get uh trendy do you mind speaking a little bit about what what you've seen and also what you guys do to bring on more new people to the platform yeah it's an interesting area that i don't think it's fully fully defined and developed But what's coming out and you see some of these trends being promoted on Twitter and other channels and stuff like that is purely the fact that um, the Discord community is driving a lot of good things, but in some areas, maybe not so good. And so you have to pay attention to what's what they're looking at. And are these people, as an example, long term sports fans of Real Madrid or somebody else like that? Or are they people that just come in and they want to be at the hottest restaurant? you know, for the next six months, and then they'll move on to the next hottest restaurant for the next six months, and then move on to the next hottest restaurant. You know, so there's a bit of a conflict of culture there, because most sports fans, you know, I'm a sports fan of Notre Dame or University of Michigan, or I'm a sports fan of, um, of uh, Real Madrid or Arsenal for life. You know what I mean? They, they stick with them thick and thin, where some of the Discord community, I'm not saying all of them, but some of them, are a bit fickle. They just want to go with what's hot and go after it and try to gravitate to it, which there's nothing wrong with that, but you just have to understand who on your Discord community represents what strategy. Yeah, and, and coming from, you know, the stock market as a financial, you know, analyst that I work there, uh, I, I've seen this in stocks and I've seen it in, in public markets when people, you know, there, there's, this, uh, there's this funny term called uh, pump and dump, 
where people are going to be hyping up a specific stock and everyone's going to be talking about it on Reddit and Twitter and stock tweets and everywhere just to hype it up, just so that people can that, that are a little bit naive can buy in and, and buy stock. And if you get enough people involved, you know, everyone buying 100 stocks uh, or 1,000 stocks, depending on the price, then the price is actually going to go up. And then all these people that were just hyping it up are just going to sell and leave everyone, you know, naked out there in, 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 in the wild, which is... You know, it's a little bit of a scam and we've seen this, you know, happen in NFTs. Uh, we've seen also kind of like this happening in sports as well. So I, I, I'm curious to ask you, Steve, like what are your thoughts around like differentiating projects that are actually valuable um, in contrast to those that could be scams or those could that could, you know, just include people that are there to pump and then dump, as, as I was saying, that happens in the stock market. Like, yeah. what are some of the advice that you would give people that are new and that are, you know, the newbies in, in the space that are trying to get involved in cool projects, but also are just bombarded away with all these like speculation and things that are going on? What are some of the good practical advice that you would give them to find the valuable projects and not the ones that are going to scam them. It's a really important discussion. And the, and the bottom line is, you know, we have to all do our own due diligence, right? So, you know, we've seen the horrible things. The industry is going to have shakeout because it's so brand new. It's so nascent. And so just like any other industry that's grown so quickly, so fast, you know, you can name them all through the years. They've all had shakeout. They've all had shady characters come in and different things. But if you do your due diligence about the founding partners, how public they are, what they've done in their careers, what they've done in their life, you know, how much they engage with the community. You can probably avoid some of those rug pulls or scams, you know, that are out there and stuff like that. I mean, there's tremendous confusion in our industry right now. You know, you look at big clubs like Barcelona, you know, they're suing their NFT provider. Man City had some issues with them. You know, so Rare is being investigated by the UK Gambling Commission. You know, there's others that are going out of business altogether. That doesn't mean, you know, that everybody's bad. And in fact, you know, I think that some of those companies will come through it okay once they sort themselves out. But then our, our near neighbors in the non-fungible token business, you know, the, the fan tokens, they're the ones catching the heat from the fans. You know, some of them are unable to make payments to clubs and things like that. And it just muddies the water. And it means that more than ever, you better do your due diligence instead of trying to say, I can make a quick buck here. Because if you're looking just to make a quick buck, there's plenty of other places you could try it. And you might get burned in any sector where you don't know enough about it. You know, it's a mess, but from the chaos can always come clarity. And for me, that clarity is dealing with quality players. And that's, you know, that's why we always say that we feel we're NFT pioneers with a purpose. And our purpose is for the fans. And as long as we keep that North Star for us, keep pushing us in that right direction, we know we'll be good in that respect. Yeah, 100%. I mean, in sports we've seen this happen as you mentioned um some companies are even being investigated and i feel like that element of exploiting fan loyalty is like it's, it's quite terrible because i mean fans are, are fans fans are passionate fans love this love the game uh fans are you know here for their teams and and they want their teams to be here for them as well so i hope 
Um, and and I and not only I hope, but I'm confident in in the future of NFTs because of people like you that are working on on good projects and are you know solidifying the network and solidifying uh, the whole community of of people that are in very in, invested in in the metaverse. You said NFTs neighbors, but I think that you're talking about the metaverse, um, the the metaverse neighbors, which is you know a whole other discussion that we'll leave that for 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 next halftime snack, um, Steve. But what are some of the other things that you need think uh, you think that need to happen so that the adoption of the of the market adoption of more people coming in adoption of more people understanding discord which in my opinion is a very very complex tool to understand if you're you're new to it you're probably going to get super confused or overwhelmed so um, yeah. I mean, there's there's still room to improve. There's still room to grow, and there's still uh, lots of things that need to happen. I wonder if you have in mind one, two, or three that come to mind that you think or or you are sure that should happen so that the there's better adoption of this industry that people can trust it better and that can people can. Uh, you mentioned due di diligence, but it's also like okay, so I'm going to go out there and look for the founders and, 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 and do my research. But sometimes these people are professional scammers. Like yeah. uh, they, they know exactly how to build an online profile so that they look yeah. good or that they can, you know, bring in. So so while while at the same time we're making, we're, we're, we're responsible of making better due diligence, like the enemy is also making better scams, you know? So it's always like a competition. Yeah. So uh, give us your yeah. thoughts around things that need to happen so that we get there to that ideal metaverse where you know people can come in confidently and join the space and and also give us like a timeline on when do you think that happens so i think that you're going to see it more frequently as we have the shakeout within the industry i mean there's things like you know wallet trackers where you can track people's you know blockchain wallet and where sales are coming from like if you see an incredible product you know, that's selling like crazy and you find out that all the sales are coming from one place in Malta or something, you might think, hang on, that doesn't seem right. You know, it should be spread more around the world or something. But I, I do think the industry itself is going to skyrocket in 2022. And I believe it's going to become mainstream in 2023. So we will jump that chasm. Why is that going to happen? Well, if you just think about right now, what's in the pipeline. So the NFL just came on board, you know, the biggest sports, you know, following league in the world, number one, right? They're only going to grow. ICC cricket, you know, they've just come on board. You've got Australian Football League that's coming on board a little bit later. You've got La Liga that's coming on board. You know, all of those leagues, universities, athletic departments, conferences around the world, even if they only bring 2% of their audience, it's going to blow up the industry. It's going to grow it up and stuff like that. I'm hoping that shake out with legitimate providers on legitimate platforms will shake out the scammers. But the scammers, you know, their number one thing they're attracting are people that want to make a quick buck. And so I think in any industry, whether it's like stocks like you do or whatever, when you want to make a quick buck, nine times out of 10, you're not the one that makes it. It's always somebody else that makes it off of you. you know? Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. And so I remember you making that uh, that thread on LinkedIn about people asking you more questions about 
um, about NFTs, it's because people still don't understand it as well, you know, and it's still a complicated place to be, you know, how to buy crypto, how to uh, get it into a wallet, how to connect it to a specific uh, blockchain, how to pay for it, how to transfer. Like it's, it's, it's things that require a little bit of understanding, a little bit of research that probably not, not everyone has. Uh, the time or the, the 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 I mean I'm not gonna say resources because everything is online but but every not everyone has that uh, interest so it's it's the question of how we get them interested and also how we make it easier for them to not only get interested but see that it's not as complicated as it as it sounds right I mean it's all about simplifying and 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 seeing how yeah. that brings more engagement does anything else come to mind when it comes to convincing people that this is not as bad as it seems yeah so so actually my personal measure of when we've really truly hit mainstream is going to be when people stop talking about the tech right when they just talk about the product because like give an example you know i recently flew, flew from london to miami to los angeles back to london and each time i had to put my passport in to get it cleared you know i don't i don't know how it worked i wasn't sitting there talking with the tsa guy about Hey, how that? How do you clear that so quickly in three seconds or less? What happened? <laughs> When I, I just, I'm just happy that it worked. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's going to happen when we really, truly are mainstream. Is people will forget about the tech because we know blockchains are becoming interoperable. We know, you know, that it, it's the newness of the tech. And, and think about that with your mobile phones. You know, Ronan, you may not be old enough to remember this, but I can remember when people were like fascinated by texting. You know, <laughs> you could do this on your phone. Now you don't even think about it. So the discussion about tech goes away and then it's about the product. Then it's about how you're serving the consumer. Then it's about what you're doing for that consumer. And that's the things that we've been working on to keep improving with our groups. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for that, uh, Steve, that chasm that you're talking in that moment that everyone's just is excited about the product i'm i'm looking forward to it um the last the last question that i want to ask you steve um is in terms of like what the future holds for fantastic of course we've been talking about uh you know how it's going to be transformed and how it's going to happen you mentioned a lot about dapper um so i mean in other projects you talked about the nba top shot and, and the nfl and other leagues coming in um what do you see happening in the short medium term um at least for this year For you guys, uh, what, what is on what is in the oven? What are you guys cooking, and what do you think is going to happen? Uh, are you planning on raising more funds? Are you planning on hiring more people? Are you planning on expanding and opening offices in New York, in Mexico City, for sure? Uh, <laughs> what are what are you thinking, uh, Steve? Well, we, it's it's a lot of those things, quite frankly, that we're doing and we're executing. So we have been working much closer with Dapper over the last nine, ten months than we have ever before. And it's primarily because their two co-founders, Mick and Roham, two of their three, um, they've recognized how great our product is when they've seen it come up against them in competitive pitches for big things like Premier League, Australian Football League, and, and stuff like that. You know, they, they, they are in the business. They know how hard it is. So when they see something really cool, really working well with a swapping feature, and that doesn't have a secondary feature, you know, they're generous enough to say, hey, come on our platform. And you will be amazed as how this works like a flywheel, you know, for your primary market stuff. And, and they've been right about that, quite frankly. I mean, I'm humbled when I see that our secondary platform now has round numbers, about $40 million worth of listings on it. And imagine if everything sold today, I just made $40 million for fans all around the world 
through our secondary market, you know, and that makes you pretty feel pretty good that you're doing things for fans that they can actually have economic gain from their fandom, which is kind of cool. So, you know, working closer with Dapper will definitely be a priority of ours because there's things we can learn from them. And quite frankly, there's things they can learn from us. So you'll have to watch that space about how deeply we come together. Um, the other reason I've been spending so much time in America is I've had athletic directors from universities across America who have recognized our product is NFTs at scale, which very few people can do. I mean, you can count them on one hand, you know, who can do that. And you could probably count them on one finger who can do that well, and that's us. And so when we show them our product and they say, hey, we've got 28 women's and men's sports, 900 plus student athletes. We've got name, image, and likeness, you know, now staring us in the face. Is this the best way for our athletes to be in a classroom or to be in a training room and earn money? And the answer is yes. And it's very little input that's required. So if I can be the middleman between the university and the student athletes, you're going to see enormous growth there. And that's really one area that you're going to see a big pickup from us in the coming year for sure. Sounds very interesting. It also sounds that there's a very interesting partnership uh, that's about to be cooked between you guys and Dapper. Any, anything, any exclusive you want to drop here, Steve? Anything, anything good that you, you, you want to share only for the Halftime Snacks listeners? Well, listen, for the 2.6 million, 2 million halftime snacks listeners around the world, I'll say, watch this space. Um, you know, we're like-minded people. We love sports fans. We love delivering for people. We like sustainability. We like quality products. We like working together. I, I can only see us doing more together, quite frankly. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy learning about the business and technology behind sports, make sure you subscribe to the Sports Tech Biz newsletter. I'll leave the link in the show notes. See you all next week. Bye-bye.